Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. These drippy emotional speeches that Democrats give like Biden about school teachers or secretaries versus billionaires or cops and firefighters, whatever it is. There's no morality in paying taxes. There's nothing moral about it. But they make it sound like if they just raise taxes on some people and eliminate taxes for other people, they're doing somehow God's work. And they're not. What they're doing is when we talk about a democracy, it's easy to have a, to win the popular vote in a democracy if you're freeing the majority of people from paying taxes, then you'll win every time. If you take the government class that thrives on tax dollars and the recipient class that thrives on tax dollars, you put them together and create a numeric majority, you're going to have a numeric majority every time and then you can proclaim your moral superiority because you have the majority, even if what you're doing is absolutely destroying the country. And if you want a prime and and contemporary example, that's Venezuela. That's exactly what they did. Between nationalization and redistribution, Venezuela, once one of the wealthiest thriving countries in South America, turned into a socialist hellhole, and we are just tracking a few years behind. So there's no morality in paying taxes. But just one thing off the top here, and it's all over the news. Jim Jordan is subpoenaing subpoenaing documents related to the FBI sort of targeting Catholic churches. Now, why? Well, the pro-life movement, they're so violent. You saw that one guy who allegedly bumped into somebody during a peaceful protest. There might have been a push or a shove in Philadelphia. And the FBI sent two dozen heavily armed agents to take him down, take him down, get on the ground for being a pro-life activist. When the hell did the federal government get involved in minor scuffles on the streets outside of abortion clinics? We see the FBI targeting people who stand up and shout at school board meetings. Are these federal crimes? Does the FBI just enforce whatever it wants, or is the FBI limited to federal or cross-state crimes? Now the new one is uh, incels. That's men who can't get a date, and people who use phrases like red pill on social media. Meanwhile, we just saw a trans person create a plan, months-long plan to murder Christians in Nashville. We have not seen the manifesto. But what we did see was a pretty large number of trans people posing with their weapons, leading up to something called the Trans Day of Vengeance. Now, we've seen no effort by the FBI to investigate this. Now, posing with a weapon's not illegal. But you damn well know if you pose with a weapon the day before, let's say, the March for Life and say, you know, we're ready for any counter-protesters, you're getting a call from the FBI. They have not been investigating Jane's Revenge or Ruth Sendus or any of these organizations that are firebombing pro-life centers. But how dare you say the government's being weaponized? Don't you dare talk about it. Do we not see clearly under this president the FBI more often than not being used against people that are aligned or at least demographically, if you're if you're in a war room somewhere, placing people on one side of the, the board or the other, 
that people are on the conservative side seem to be finding themselves under investigation for things that are not federal crimes. While equivalent crimes are going without investigation by the FBI. Why haven't we seen the manifesto of this trans person in Nashville? And isn't it convenient how we don't even say the name Aiden or Audrey Hale anymore? Oh, no. We've just moved on to gun control. And we have two young black state representatives that have tried to reinvent themselves as Christ-like figures using phrases like death and resurrection or crucifixion and resurrection because they were expelled from the state house for basically shutting down a session with a bullhorn and protesters. And if you've watched any of the coverage, these people, these two have been on basically you know every single left-wing TV show out there. Not a single mention of the bullhorn or the air fingers, quote, insurrection. But here we are, less than a week from tax day, whether official or grace period. And the Democrats want you to believe, this is their holiday. April 15th, is their their 4th of July. It's their Christmas. It is the best day of the year, tax day. It's like the only day they care about, April 15th, April 15th. If it were up to me, two things would happen. Tax day would be moved to the day before election day. So if election day is, let's say, the second Tuesday uh, of, uh, in, in, you know, in November, Tax day would be the first, the second Monday. Or if it's the first Tuesday, it would be the first Monday. Tax day should be the day before election day. And I would love it if it were up to me. If we're going to have this massive wel- welfare state, families that are receiving from welfare should have the authority to collect the welfare from the family that owes it to them. Meaning we'll assign one family to be the recipient and the other family to be the provider. So every two weeks, the recipient family will expect their check ready when they knock on the door on every other Friday. We're here for our check. You owe us. If we actually eliminated withholding and you had to write a check to the government every two weeks or monthly or even quarterly, if you actually had to watch that money go out the door to the government, more people would be in tune to what the government is doing. It was before we came on the program, we were watching the Money Hole video on YouTube, the, the Onion video. And they were debating whether or not Americans have the right to throw their money in a giant hole. It's a very funny video, but it's kind of true. Very few people actually know what the government does with their money. And if you're the kind of person, and I don't mean to make this personal, if you're living on in earned income tax credits, Medicare, I mean, not Medicare, Medicaid, Section 8 housing, food stamps, whatever, what the hell do you care about where the money comes from? What do you care about somebody who's got to get up in the morning and go to work? What do you care? As long as you get what's coming to you, as long as you are profiting from your relationship with government, what do you, what does tax day mean to you? What does the debt mean to you? What does the deficit mean to you? Government is first fed. 
That means people who work for government and people who receive from government. They are first fed before the earner of that money ever gets to touch it because of withholding. That's why when you hear things like, well, if there's a government shutdown, uh, uh, food, stamp check, food stamps might not go out or whatever the program is. Yeah, all right. Then you care all of a sudden. Oh, now you care. This is why when Democrats talk about democracy, I tell you straight up, I hate democracy. The way they want to, the way they want to practice it, I hate democracy. And if we're going to play that game, maybe we ought to start putting it to democracy, setting, you know, government salaries and government benefits through democracy. Or then all of a sudden they'll say, well, hold on a second, we're a representative republic. The federal government has 18 enumerated powers and no more. And yet we're paying the lion's share of our income taxes to the federal government to then redistribute that money back to the states and localities in the form of grants when they were never empowered to collect that money for that purpose in the first place. And we get this idiotic notion from some people, well, it said they can lay and collect taxes. Yes, but it limits what they could spend tax dollars on. I'll, I'll sit here, I'll shut my mouth while, while you explain, where is, where is the Department of Education in the Constitution? Where is it? Show it to me. Show me Social Security in the Constitution. Whoa, you guys, see, you were talking about getting rid of Social Security. I'm asking you where it is in the Constitution. The, and see, people get irate. They can't find it. They know they're losing the argument, so they lash out in all sorts of ways. The people that scream whataboutism come up with their own whataboutisms. Where, where does it say in the Constitution that the federal government has the power to force every citizen into a government retirement program? Can't find it. It's not there. What does the Tenth Amendment mean? What does it mean? I mean, we're still debating specific clauses of the Second Amendment. Yeah, it didn't mean that people have the right to keep and bear arms. It says it right there. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's what it says. That's what it says. The Tenth Amendment says all powers not delegated to the government of the United States are reserved to the states or to the people. That means if there's not an enumerated power of the federal government to do something, the federal government is therefore forbidden to do it, and it is left to the states or to the people. So if we're talking about retirement programs, the federal government doesn't have any authority to be involved in Social Security. Now, I guess a state could choose to do that. If a state chooses not to do it, it falls to the people. Yes, you're on your own to save for your elderly years. That's what it means. I'm not misreading. I'm not opining. I'm not doing anything but looking at the flow of authority and power in the Constitution. And yet here we are paying the lion's share, lion's share of our income into a federal government that spends our money and directs our money without the authority to do so. They tell us about the rule of law. Just so you know, and I got to promote it more often, have we gone to an hour yet on the podcast? Not yet. When does that start? Pretty soon, this will the, the, the podcast version of the show has only been like 15, 20 minutes. I know we're moving to an hour. So in, in the near future, if you have friends, family members who are not you know subscribers, they'll be able to get at least the best hour every day of the program in podcast form. Right now, it's on Stitcher. I believe you can get it through Apple. 
And of course, don't forget, we're live at 5 on the Salem News Channel. So it's myself, Brandon Tatum, Charlie Kirk, Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Larry O'Connor, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas. Got a great lineup over at Salem News Channel. Check it out, SalemNewsChannel.com. All right, let me take the break. We're right. They're wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125.